Case 48, Kyung Feng's One Path. A monk asked Venerable Kyung Feng, the Bhagavans of the Ten Directions have put one path to Nirvana, have but one path to Nirvana. Where does this one path begin? Kyung Feng picked up his staff and drew a line and said, right here. Later, a monk asked Yun Min for instructions about this. Yun Min picked up his fan and said, this fan leaps up to the 33rd heaven and taps Indra on the nose. When it falls in the Eastern sea, it strikes a carp and a great rain pours down. Wu Min's comment. One of them walks on the bottom of the deepest sea, winnowing dust and stirring up dirt. The other stands on the peak of the highest mountain raising foam waves to the sky, holding fast, letting go. Each extends a hand to support and to defend the principal vehicle. But they are like two children charging each other and colliding. Surely no one in the world can stand up to them. But observing them with the correct eye of wisdom, neither of the two great elders knows where the path begins. Before even taking a step, you've already arrived. Before even moving your tongue, you've already spoken. Even if you are able to grasp every opportunity and respond before it occurs, you should know there is still an abyss that lies beyond. All right, we will sit for five and then uh... At the bell, we will pull out our notebooks and write for five. That's five minutes, so uh, wrap up your thought. All right. Uh, Gail, oh wait, no, we're gonna discuss uh, for a few minutes and then we will uh, read woman's comments. So, um, did anyone have anything come up in their writing or thinking that they'd like to share? Well, I'm going to share, um, it seems like every koan I read brings this up, but in particular recently, <clears throat> I've been pondering if the truth of what I am is always and already, right here, why, right now, why am I even starting on a path? to go somewhere or to look somewhere outside. Do you know it's, um... anyway, that's what it was making me feel. I mean, if we are the truth, we should be able to realize it. I mean, if that's what we are, it's right here. <laughs> we should be able to realize it. And um, it's, it's, it's just very interesting. Uh, uh, I've been kind of pondering this whole thing. Um, about what's right here, right now. And um, in the koan, I think um, I was thinking that when the first, you know, Quan Feng said, right, you know, it starts right here, the path. And then um, Yun Men says, you know, this fan, see this fan here, it goes up to the sky and then falls into the ocean. And it was kind of reminding me of uh, pointing to the transcendent um, aspect of maybe being, you know, what we are, and then the uh, material and the earthly. 
So in a way, they're both kind of, I don't know. I don't think that they were contradicting each other. Remember the thing about the, the 10 directions. So that that's the whole bi business up and down oh, okay. in every way. The, this woman comments the last four lines, five lines, um, the little verse is my favorite woman comment of, of all of them. And, um, and also I'm thinking of Dogen's question was the same as yours, Gail, about why I said if, if you're already enlightened. Wasn't that it, Donna? The question that Dogen had, why I said if you're already enlightened? Yeah, I, I'm not questioning about the sitting so much as I am questioning what is it that's sitting, <laughs> you know, and, you know, it, it's sort of like, what is this that is already always here? And I've had glimpses of it, but, it, you know, um, pretty soon my normal conditioned way of looking at the world, you know, comes in and it kind of slips away. Um, but uh, I'm greatly encouraged by the idea that I'm, I am it. So I, sh you know, in other words, I'm in a perfect position or I mean, you don't even like to word, use the word I, but you know, this feeling of being here, this I is in a perfect position to realize itself because it is it. <laughs> you know? But, but there's, a, there's a really important word here and that's abyss that you should know that there is still an abyss that lies beyond. So yes, it's right here. And yes, there's all this mystery. Yes, I like the idea of the mystery. It's uh, um, I, I've given and that that's the I not knowing is most intimate. Mm -hmm. kind of. mm -hmm. I like that. So I just read this earlier today. You, you've heard it, I'm sure, Gail. Um, that uh, the definition of oh, Pe Peg wrote it, but uh, wrote something today that that um, enlightenment is the is is the appropriate response. And in that vein. Even if you are able to grasp every opportunity and respond before it occurs, that seems to be enlightenment. Even if you were enlightened, you should know there is still an abyss that lies beyond. And it also connects to, I don't think you were here when we did the koan of stepping off the 100-foot pole, were you? I haven't but, been here for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah but, but that, that also is one of the realizations I had from, from Guo Gu was that we don't know what's below and that's the abyss too when we jump off the pole we have to jump off the pole but we don't know what's below and someone said you never land who said that donna or do i keep accusing you of saying that <laughs> i don't accuse you okay or maybe you jump off and realize that you really didn't fall anywhere <laughs> you know i've had that experience before you know thinking that i was stepping off a cliff and then it didn't turn out to be what i thought it was this wouldn't be interesting if there wasn't the abyss you know if it just ended like two-dimensionally in the if there wasn't anything more if if 
then you'd be able to understand it if there wasn't anything more. So others. I basically put uh, like the spot that you're in at any given time or moment that that's the that's your path. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know how to elaborate on that, but that was, that was my take on it. That seems really important that where he drew the line or that wouldn't be for every everyone has their own. Is that what you're kind of saying? Right. Yeah, it would be different. But it is, it, I guess I'm trying to say like, you know, whether you're say in the house or, uh, or outside or whatever, that's your path. You know, it's, it's not, uh, it doesn't start in a certain place. It just starts where I guess you take that first step. My take was very similar to Cody's in that, um, you know, by drawing the line uh, as the beginning, um, as the beginning place, that's very much a here, now, at this moment kind of place. But at the same time, um, it's, it's also not possible to trace back to the beginning of really anything. Um, you know, so you could trace causes and conditions back and back and back and back and back, but you know that they. I'm not sure you could ever get to a place where there was one cause or one condition. Um, so you know, begin you know right here, right now. That's um, seems much the much wiser, much more logical thing to do. And it's only it's only possibility, right? Gail, do you want to read the uh, first paragraph of Quo Gu's comment? Yes, Quo Gu's comment. How does one begin? the path of becoming a Buddha, a fitting question for the end of this collection of cases. But what kind of question is it? This is like asking where the beginning of a circle is. If you're born a human being, you'll die a human being. Please don't ask how to become a human being when you already are one. Kim, you're next. John Master. Yusu Quinfin Bang was a disciple of Dongshan Renji, one of the founders of the Kao Dong lineage or school. Not much is known about this ninth century master. The case starts with a monk citing a line from the <coughs> Shuragama Sutra referring to the Bhagavans which means the world honored ones. The line states that all the Buddhas in the 10 directions have but one single path to Nirvana. 
The monk then asked, where does this one path begin? Queen Feng responded with a stupid gesture, drawing something in the air. Nancy? What an inciting, what an inciting statement though. When you hear this, you must be wondering, what is that one, uh, one road? I need to know. I want to become a Buddha. I want enlightenment. Ever since this question was raised, was raised, subsequent Jiangu have- it's, it's, it's subsequent. Oh, subsequent, thank you. Subsequent Chen Fu's have been asking the same question. So another monk raised a question to Chan Master Woman, who just blabber, blabber, right? Blabber some nonsense. You already met Woman several times in a number of cases. You already know his skill in setting up jobs for students. Unfortunately, both Kuan Fan and Woman have failed. That's why Woman says, Neither of the two great elders knows where the path begins. <clears throat> One of them walks on the bottom of the deepest sea, winnowing dust and stirring up dirt. The other stands on the peak of the highest mountain, raising foaming waves to the sky. Chan Fang is the one walking in, on the bottom of the sea. How can the sea have dust and dirt? It can't, it's all water. Yun Men is the one standing on the peak of the mountain. Does the mountain have waves? No, waves belong to ocean. These two are talking about things that don't exist. It's as if I were to say, the rain is pouring in New York City, but Tallahassee gets wet. Woman calls them children charging at each other and colliding. Why are they colliding? because they don't make sense, which is the point. You have to drop all common sense established on words and language, on having a lack, having and lack existing and non-existing, and non-exist, clearing all, clearing away at all attachments. You will see that from the beginning, you've been a human being. Your eyes are horizontal and your nose is straight. As for the details of Yun Min's nonsense, like Indra's 33rd heaven, a fan flying up in the sky and so on, there's no real need to discuss it in detail. In short, Indra in Buddhism is the king of the 33rd heaven, located at the top of mythic Mount Sumeru, the Axis Mundi of the Buddhist cosmology. Yun Min says that his fan shoots up to Mount Sumeru taps Indra on the nose, comes down and dives to the sea to strike a carp, which brings rain. What a fan. Surely it can do more than that, no? If you ask me, it can also create all kinds of music and cause the world wars to stop. This reminds me of a story. There was once a retired Chan master who had a disciple. The young disciple had been studying with a retired Chan master on a mountain in a hut behind a main monastery for a long time. He first had the thought, oh, I'm the personal attendant of this great Chan master and have the greatest opportunity to get some secret out of him on how to really practice. 
But years went by and the disciples wished to receive Buddha Dharma remained unfulfilled. All the Chan master ever did was to ask him to do this or to do that, wash laundry, clean the hut, cook the rice, chop the wood and so on. One day the monk asked the master, I came here to serve you thinking you would teach me Dharma. Yet after all these years, I haven't received any instructions. Taken aback, the master replied, Dharma? I didn't give you Dharma all, these, all of these years? The monk retorted, what Dharma? I've been washing dishes, doing laundry, chopping wood, carrying water. You never gave me any Dharma. The master answered, but that is the Dharma. The young monk was puzzled. In fact, it compounded the wonderment he had built up for years. So the master seized the opportunity and said, oh, you want that Buddha Dharma? The monk quickly replied, yes, yes, please, I want that Dharma. So the master immediately complied. He picked up a piece of lint from his patched robe, his patched robe and blew it on the young monk. There you go. There's your Dharma. At that moment, the young monk awakened. After reading the present case, are you awakened? Have you found where the path to Nirvana begins? Maybe the entrance to the path. Need I say more? This is just like a person asking, who am I? <coughs> if someone asked me that, I would just squeeze his nose. There it is, that's you. At the same time, if you just mouth off that samsara is nirvana and, or desire is precisely awakening without having personally realized awakening, then you are even more deluded. The problem is you do not feel free or liberated, do you? In your life, why is it that you give rise to vexations? Why is it that you practice? If you practice to get rid of illusion, then you really don't have the correct view of Chan. If you practice to attain Buddhahood, then you also do not understand Chan. So should you practice or not? Yes. I recently received a text message from a student. The gist of it was that he had been trying to practice in a very subtle way, influencing his mind with positive thinking. Although in some situations he was still vexed, he tried to tell himself that all is empty, samsara is nirvana. However, since he still felt vexed, he did not know what he should do. I said, remove the poop in your food. He completely misunderstood what I was saying and began to lecture me on the nature of bodhisattva practice, adding that wisdom did not really work for him, but compassion supersedes everything and so on. This would be an example of mouthing off samsara is nirvana without personally realizing it. Before even taking a step, you've already arrived. Before even moving your tongue, you've already spoken. Even if you are able to grasp every opportunity and respond before it occurs, you should know that there's still an abyss that lies beyond. Yes, it is true that you are already awakened. This is what is referred to in the verse above. For most, this is a correct view that God's practice, but just knowing this is not enough. You have to realize it personally. 
Donna, you're Hello. muted. Thank you. Um, first, you have to stop putting poop in your food and eating it. Second, you have to stop giving others your poop to eat. <laughs> Third, see no poop. At this point, it is important not to stop, but stop there, but to continue to practice until even the word poop is unnecessary. This stage refers to practitioners who have some Chan experiences. It is very important to have the humility to know that there is still an abyss that lies beyond. Practice must continue. I've met many practitioners who think they are beyond practice. They're just fooling themselves. They only talk because they can't walk the walk. You may think that you don't need to practice, but do you give rise to vexations? If you do, then you're eating your own poop and forcing it on others. You cannot confuse correct view with where you are. This case is for those who no longer see poop. Woman is saying that even if you are able to grasp every opportunity and respond before it occurs, meaning having no vex have no vexations, even if you can do that, you should still know that there is more to practice and realization. All the great, all the genuine masters of the past were perfect in their conduct. They didn't eat poop and they didn't give their poop to others. Linji was a perfect monk in upholding precepts. Deshan was extremely knowledgeable in Buddhist doctrine. Yunman was an exemplar to other monkeys and eloquent in Buddha Dharma. Zhao was so cautious in his practice, not taking anything for granted, that after decades of practicing under his teacher, who passed away when Zhao was close to 60, he continued to practice for another 20 years, refining his study, understanding by studying with other teachers. Practice continues on and on. It's respective of whether there's awakening or not. Even if you have experienced some insight, it's best to get rid of the stench of awakening. So there's this question about why do we practice? <laughs> I just wrote something today about just how the journey was what of a pilgrimage. Well, in the I was rereading the, the koan about not knowing it's most intimate and it it, it it talks about a pilgrimage why are you going on this pilgrimage and i was thinking that it's the pilgrimage itself that is kind of the point and not the the destination so that's all so we practice kind of for a practice i mean allison that's probably why you do yoga right <laughs> yes <laughs> I like the idea of the abyss um, is really, you know, pointing to the fact that we really can't know uh, what the next moment will bring. So how could we say we ever, ever arrived anywhere? How, how could you ever even, you know, envision an arrival somewhere when um, there's this constant flow of, um, you know, change and 
life. You know, I, you know, there's, I, I, I'm always brought back to the fact that, you know, there really is no place for me to land. Well, <laughs> some people would take that as you're, you're floundering. Yeah. But I don't think it is floundering at all. It's, no. it's, uh, there's a lot of um, certainty and uncertainty. No, there's no floundering if you're um, at peace about it. You when know? you've talked about your teacher, whatever his name is, you know, he certainly does, and the people I've known, that there doesn't seem to be any floundering. But he, yeah, he that says, doesn't mean they, they know everything. Right. No, he says there's floundering. It just is that he notices that there's floundering, like, right away. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And um, instead of getting, That's you know, fun. merged and caught up, caught up with it, you know, um, you know, like Nisargadatta or, you know, Ajashanti or any, it, it isn't that they didn't have emotions or reactions. It's just that they didn't throw that poop on anybody else and they cleaned up their poop as they were going, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. I want to ask about that, but also, you know, it reminds me of, I, maybe I probably said it before, that, that Joko Beck told Peg the difference between you and I is I'm faster. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, and when he's saying about the floundering. Um, but so what's the poop? I don't know, habit, conditioning, um, you know, kind of believing what you're thinking. In a False beliefs. Yeah. Well, I thought it was, I was, I thought it was interesting that this particular student in this example is someone who was really trying to like use positive thinking and, you know, um, really like be upbeat. And, you know, there's that concept of like toxic positivity where you just sort of go too much in that direction. And I'm like, oh, it's like, uh, and you know, you still, I, I see a lot of that on, um, uh, you know, things like, Instagram and like just out on social media, people post that stuff. And it's like, oh, he's telling you to just cut the bullshit out of your life or out of your brain. <laughs> well, um, before you were here, he mentioned a lot of times this IAG, it's all good. Mm -hmm. And Ellen, was, Ellen forgot what it was and she's been reading the book. She's gonna join us when we start with Joko Beck. But anyway, she asked me what's IAG? And, and um, so it's something I've kind of been thinking about that this good that he's talking about is not like a dualism of good and bad, but more okay. Is that how you guys read it? It's all okay. It's not, um, the positivism would be, would be, it's all great, but it's not that. I don't think it's that when he says it's all good. It's like, it's like, okay, not, not anything to be riled about. You can still be equanimous, that kind of idea. I think that is the original intent. I also, th I think it's all, there's a lot of like tone that goes into it. Like it's all good versus like, it's all good. It, it, there's a lot, I think there's a lot of subtlety in the way we express language beyond just the words um but yeah i, I think you're um, i think the original intent is it's all good just means it's all it all is <laughs> well the interesting thing about that is when i look at my own um 
experience in life. There have been, uh, I can look back and think of times when there was a lot of suffering or something was going on that I thought shouldn't be happening. And yet, you know, in hindsight, looking back, I go, oh, I really learned a lot in that particular, you know, moment or in that particular time. I've, I've changed somehow, or I've grown or I've learned, I, you know. So I've seen in my own life where something I thought was the worst thing ever um, somehow was the catalyst for some sort of change that uh, feels more harmonious with the way life really is, you know? Um, so when he says it's all good, I, I kind of get that feeling too. It's sort of like, a, but I could never have predicted at the time that there would be, it's all good coming out of it. 